and more radio. Like touch my shoulder, touch my hair. Starts now. And I said, what the hell is that? And more radio starts now. And welcome to another episode of Spirits and More Radio. This is the post Halloween show. And we're going to be talking about murders that have happened on Halloween. And we've got Ace Jordan here. We're going to be talking about some creepy AF things upcoming, as well as a lot of other good stuff. Welcome to the show. Spirits and more radio. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And welcome to the show, you guys. This is the post Halloween show, and uh, we're going to be talking about murders that have happened on Halloween. Uh, Ace Jordan is here with us. Welcome to the show, Ace. Hello, Steve, and everybody <laughs> listening. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you've got some creepy AF stuff we're going to talk about, some ideas and projects coming up. Cool. Uh, but first we wanted to talk about, well, first I wanted to mention the Halloween depression. I don't know if anyone else who's really into Halloween feels this, but uh, there's sort of this workup that starts in August. You know, it's like the summer has begun and it's kind of starting to wind down or, or for Halloween fans, it's starting to wind down, I could say. And so you kind of get excited and then you start hearing about the the convention, the Halloween conventions that are coming up in the summertime. <clears throat> and uh, and then you go to those and then you start hearing about the haunts of the year and you start going to some of the haunt previews, or at least we do. And then it's October and everybody puts the stuff up and, and then... I think for me, that last few days before Halloween, I start to realize it's coming to an end. You know, I see the, the door closing on my favorite time of year. And, uh, and of course, Halloween <clears throat> is a fun night. And, uh, you know, that's sort of the, the pinnacle peak of the whole season. And, uh, and then the next morning you wake up and you've got tombstones in your yard and you've got colored lights in your hallway and you realize that it's all over. Do you get that ace? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, I mean, for me with creepy AF, it, it starts earlier than most. It starts, you know, there's, uh, the conventions that, uh, I don't know if it was, I think it was a little late this year, but, uh, it usually starts in the July, early August. Um, but for me, it starts even earlier when the YouTubers and the bloggers start posting about, what the Halloween companies are releasing this year and they get leaks and you see the new props and stuff like that. So for this year, there definitely was a lot of buildup, I think probably started in July and worked all the way through October. So God, even before Halloween, um, I was already feeling like 
you know, some relief that this season is, is close to an end. And then afterwards, it's kind of like all the stuff you were working on or it's just like gone. Yeah. I, I'd agree with that. Like, uh, maybe you can hear it in the tone of my voice, but, uh, you know, I just, I lose, <clears throat> I'm, I'm not a Halloween guy 365 days a year. I'm just going to put it out there. I love Halloween, but Ace, I think like we, we went to lunch and we were talking about this. Um, it's nice that there's a buildup to it. You know, it's, it goes away and then it comes back. And I think because it's your favorite time of year, my favorite time of year, and a lot of people who listen to the show's favorite time of year, uh, all the people who go to the conventions and things like that, <clears throat> that, uh, you know, you just um, feel like there's just this vacuum on November 1st. And what day is it? It's like November 12th or 13th or something like that. Yeah. So I'm just starting to like come out of that funk, I have to say. And, uh, you know, we didn't, I didn't do a show on Halloween because I was busy DJing at a party and had a lot of plans. And we were here at Ace's house for the creepy AF uh, Halloween party. But um, <clears throat> yeah, it just really, it really just, as you said, goes away. You know, it's like, oh, all that, you know, there's a lot of work that goes into all this stuff and put a lot of time into it and all that. And then on November 1st, people are done with it, you know, in general. So, but if you guys are listening, maybe you're not done with it, which is cool. So you guys are here at the show. So we're going to talk about murders that happened uh, on Halloween throughout the years. Just a few of them, not too many. And then we'll go from there. So, uh Ace and I did a little bit of research, and I think these are are um, most compelling. I don't want to use the word favorite because people were killed, and it's actually really tragic. And a lot of these stories play into the fears that people have about Halloween, Halloween candy, and kids going out and not coming home. So all those sorts of things are based, you know, have like a foundation in reality, but I think they get pushed beyond. And then you get things like movies like Halloween and, you know, things like that, that <clears throat> sort of add to the folklore of children disappearing, being killed, sort of, you know, bad things happening on Halloween. So in this case, uh, well, the first one, uh, we're talking about um, a case from 2011, and this was a teenager. Um, you remember this one, uh, Ace, last name Taylor. She went out to a friend's house. Um, but before she could get to where she was going, she was text messaging her friends. She's on her way to, you know, meet up with them to go to Halloween parties and so forth. And then her text messages abruptly stopped. Didn't she say someone was following her or something? Well, that was the thing. So the final text message that they got from her, that her friends received was that someone was following her and she felt creepy like a creeper kind of dude was following her or dudette but but it turned out to be a dude um so <clears throat> yeah so her text messages stopped and then real quickly everybody got on on it to find out where she went and it was not even 6 30 p.m when they went out to look for her and they found her body in a ditch um by by uh, somewhere near her cell phone. Her cell phone was actually found first on the train tracks, and then a couple miles from there, they found her body in a ditch. Um, but the, kill, the killer was found real quick, and he was sentenced to 
to life without parole. So, um, and tragically, there's we've got other stories like that where where kids are on their way to do something on Halloween and someone intercepts them. Do you recall the motive on that one? I don't think so. I do not recall the motive. I think creepy stalker type situation. Yeah. Like this was just someone who had, uh, I think the guy had previously been linked to other crimes. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, as, and this is, this is a weird one. So that, you know, that was, that was like a tragic thing for this teenager to go out and get killed. Uh, but this one, this next story we want to talk about, this was also on Halloween. And not so much a kid, but these were, were young ladies who were roommates and they were handing out Halloween and, and things like that. And the night had sort of ended. It was about 11 PM and they went to sleep, but, uh, without them knowing there was a guy outside kind of observing them and smoking cigarettes off in the distance. Camel Turkish gold. Yeah. Turned out to be camel Turkish gold. And they were done with the night and they turned the lights off and uh, it was Leslie, Adriana, and Laura who lived there. And Laura woke up to the sounds of breaking glass, someone breaking in. So she ran down. She, I, I don't know if she ran downstairs. I think her, her bedroom was on the bottom floor. Yeah, I think she ran upstairs. No, she ran out. So oh, she, she got out of the house out. at okay. first and then she heard screaming of her roommates which she ran back in and then ran upstairs to see that both her roommates were dead, bludgeoned to death, just at the door of entrances to their rooms. So this guy was clearly after those two specific women and not her. I don't think we could draw that assumption. I think that she just luckily got out of the house. So Maybe he didn't know she lived there or something. Yeah, possible. Yeah. So she runs outside and takes off and the and the police come to find out what was going on and, and and start to collect evidence and they got some dna from inside the house but they also got some dna off of some cigarette butts that were outside of the house where this uh foreign dna that was in the house presumably the killer's dna uh, was also on some cigarettes outside camel turkish gold yeah camel turkish gold once again and, uh, and so they, um, you know, the camel Turkish gold, I've heard that more in the last three minutes from ACE than I think anyone has ever heard of them. And that's the case is that that particular brand is an obscure brand. Um, it's not common. So it was sort of a way, a lead to find out who this was. So if you're going to kill someone, smoke cigarettes that are the most popular brand, it's going to make it harder for them to find you. Actually, don't kill anyone, even if you're thinking I about it. I said if. I didn't Not say an you if. should. I don't know. Don't. If you're thinking about killing smoke a cigarette and don't kill them. Okay. Um, so, uh, turns out that the killer knew his victims. And the link to them was that the killer's wife was friends with these girls. And the killer, Koppel, his last name was Koppel, had actually been inside their house before. And as they pressed him for a motive, he, he never could offer up why he went and killed them. But all they, could, all they discovered was that earlier in the night, he had been at a Halloween party with his wife, got into a fight, 
and um, was in a state of mind that he was very upset and stormed out. So why he went to their house and killed him, he's unwilling to say. But uh, Ace, go ahead. I see you there. Oh, it's just a, a very weird case because no m real motive was ever established other than this guy was upset and in a bad state of mind. I mean, yeah. That's all we know. Yeah, but here's, so here's the twist. And we know you like twists. So it turns out that at the funeral of one of the victims, her mother was reading passages from the Bible at the service and didn't know that her daughter's killer was in the audience watching because at that time it not, had not been discovered that he was the killer. So I think that's the, that's what caught my attention about that. That was a bizarre case. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so this next one, this is a weird one too. Um, so there's this guy named John White. And at some point in time, he assaulted somebody and was sort of given a warning. And then he actually killed somebody named Vicki Wall. And he was uh, sentenced to seven years time. And so while he was in prison at some point he disclosed to the prison psychologist that he was having strong fantasies about having sex with dead people corpses not a good sign no and he continued to have these fantasies about having sex with dead corpses and he continued to keep having these fantasies about sex with dead corpses, which is gross. No offense, anybody, if you're out there. It's, uh, it's very gross, yeah. Yeah. Not judging. There's all kinds of weird shit going on out there. Um, but that's way, way wild and out there. Um, so, at some point, it was Halloween night, and this John White guy was released from prison, and he's in living in his mobile home park, and he starts to put back some some drinks and he gets the idea that he's gonna go do something bad so he uh gets out of his mobile home and starts to walk down the street and he enters his neighbor's house and in the house was rebecca and her son her son was in the in her in his bedroom and john white comes in and just violently and viciously starts beating her with a mallet finally to strangle her with a zip tie while her son's just right next door in the other room so as she's laying there dead he decides he's gonna go into the son's room and hang out with him and he sort of hangs out there and takes care of him for a couple hours, gets him dressed in his Halloween costume, and then puts him in the car and drives him nearby to the grocery store where the child's father was working and drops him off. He never admitted or said that he recalled having sex with Rebecca after he killed her. What do you think, Case? Well, the police asked him if if he had sex with a corpse and he said he can't remember, so that means 
he did. Ace, Ace's opinion is that he did. Um, so, police quickly jumped on this guy, John White, because they knew his history. He lived right down the street from this, or, you know, a couple mobile homes down from this, this lady. So he was sentenced, uh, I believe it was 2014, to life in prison. And it was very quickly after that, once he arrived in prison, you know, he got his jumpsuit, he got in the cell. And I've heard that in prison, inmates don't like people who kill people and assault children and things like that. Anyway. He didn't kill a kid. He didn't kill a kid. Well, maybe they don't like people who have sex with corpses. It actually sounds like he treated the kid pretty well, as far as we know. Well, if you can call killing the kid's mom. Well, I meant after that. Yep. So, uh, this guy was found hanging in a cell, and it was determined that uh, he committed suicide, which is a very happy ending, in my opinion. And if someone asks you if you had sex with a corpse, you say no. No, not just you don't remember. Exactly. Okay. Okay. All right. Last. Just a little advice for all you out there. Yeah. yeah. Not that this is the place for legal advice. This is not a legal show. (laughs) That was not legal advice. Consult your attorney. I am not a lawyer and this is not legal advice. Consult your attorney about that. Uh, Okay. So this one is a super sad story. Ace and I were talking about how we don't like doing this because these are gnarly situations. Um, cute little girl named Lisa Ann French, October 31st, 1973. She's nine years old. And she was excited about Halloween and had put together with her parents a, uh, her own Halloween costume at home. And she was going to be a hobo. And I know today we don't use that term hobo so much, but I actually was a hobo one year for Halloween when I was like four or five. So back then, people thought of hobos, and hobos were kind of like from the Depression era. Like There were lots of people down and out, and there were people who chose to travel. And like the telltale sign of a hobo was someone dirty with a dirty clothes on and like a stick with a bag tied to it. And they would walk walk around at, uh, at that time in the early 30s, down and out. So That was like their, their suitcase. Yes, a stick with a, with a pillowcase tied to it that had their stuff in it. So Lisa was going to be a hobo for Halloween that year. And she was planning to go to a Halloween party uh, close by home, not too far. And at that Halloween party, uh, it was supervised. There were going to be parents there. You know, a bunch of nine-year-olds, ten-year-olds, probably some eight-year-olds, a seven-year-old or two. And uh, she was supposed to go with a friend. And so her parents were under the assumption that she was going to walk to her friend's house close by, and the two of them would walk to the party. Well, as it turns out, her friend got in trouble and was told by her parents she wasn't going to be allowed to go to the Halloween party. So Lisa, being nine years old, decides she's going to continue on to the Halloween party. Um, and I think within an hour or two, they said the people at the party were concerned that Lisa hadn't arrived and called her parents, and they were concerned that she hadn't arrived. And so from there, 
there was uh, a huge undertaking of searching for Lisa. Um, well, it was discovered in the investigation that Lisa went to three houses trick-or-treating on the way to the party. Um, first one, the second one, but then the third one, she was never seen again after the third one. Well, it turns out the, at the third house uh, was a guy named Gerald Turner. And Gerald actually knew Lisa because he used to live in her neighborhood, a little bit closer to her, and was a neighbor. Okay? So Lisa felt comfortable around Gerald because she knew him. And while we don't know Lisa's demeanor, it sounds like she's a little tenacious little girl who's going to go to that party on her own and keep on going. So Turner invites her into the house and does bad, bad things, including killing her. Well, this was discovered after Turner had been questioned and questioned and the whole community was looking at him like, where is this little girl? So he finally admitted that he killed her because he said he was tired of everyone asking him if he had killed her. So they found Lisa's body in a, in a, on a farm in a black trash bag, nude, sexually assaulted. And um, Turner was sentenced to prison for a long, long time. Uh, he tried to appeal it. It was overturned, things like that. But he did get out for some period of time on parole. And in 2003, he was caught with child pornography on his computer. So the police put him back in prison, as they should. And uh, in 2020, he was up for parole again. So just last year. And Ace, tell us what happened. As far as I know, it was denied he's still in uh, prison. So he's still in prison, uh, as he should be. And that was the 40... Interesting enough, the parole was just days before the 47th anniversary of Lisa's murder. So that is a sad story. There's another one. I don't, we don't have too many details on this, this one here. Uh, oh, yeah. There's, there's something with this one. Okay. So Martha Moxley, not quite sure how old she was. She was a, she was a teen because uh, she left her house to go to some Halloween parties. And she ended up meeting with the boy across the street, her neighbor named Michael. Sc Sc I think she was 15. Scully, 15. Skakel, that's it. Michael Skakel. And <clears throat> started making out with him and kissing him and flirting and things like that is what people reported. Um, she went missing. And I don't remember if they found her body. I think they did. But her neighbor, Michael, who was the last person to see her, was, high, was a suspect. And the interesting part to this is that he's part of the Kennedy family. And so it would be years later that something happened in 1999, because this case was back in the 70s, I believe. And uh, something happened 
that focus light on that Kennedy family. And it came out under reinvigorated the investigation of Martha Moxley's death. And they investigated and pressed Michael and new information came out. It turns out Michael that night admitted that he had climbed up in a tree and was looking through Martha's window and beating his meat to say it uh, non-scientifically. So they investigated and they found him guilty of her murder. He was put in prison. But then what happened, Ace? Well, I just want to point out that she was killed with a six iron, which is an unusual murder weapon. Oh, that's right. Okay. To the gruesome murder. She was beat with a golf club, for those of you who don't know what a six iron is. Number six golf club, isn't it? And then the golf club snapped in half, and he used the metal shaft to stab her in the throat. Right. So, hit her in the head, hit her in the head, the end of the golf club, the heavy part that hits the golf ball, comes off, and now he's got like a metal sword type thing, which he stabs her in the neck with violently. Yeah, it's extremely violent crime, considering... So, eventually, he gets off on a technicality because he had been tried and they said the trial wasn't, uh, what they say is exactly what term did they use? I don't recall. Some sort of technicality in the case. We're not lawyers. Somewhere the prosecution messed up. This isn't a true crime show, so we're not as... uh, (laughs) Obviously, the prosecution made a procedural error. We could have been better at this. We could have uh, wrote down more notes. If we were a true crime show, we would like have a bed of music behind this, too. We should have like a, a lawyer on the show, and we can just go to him periodically when we need those type of questions asked. Right. Hey, that's a good idea. All right, you guys. <clears throat> I got a little something for you. Spirits and more radio. Listen to it, or I'll come over there and put my boot all up in your ass. (laughs) Once in a while, we need a bathroom break like that. Um, So, so Ace, you want to talk about creepy AF? Yeah. Um, Talk. Well, um, if any of you out there have seen the... uh, Kellogg House creepy F paranormal show that we did in 2020. It was released a week before Halloween last year. Um, we've experienced some delays, but we're starting on some new episodes and uh, pretty excited about that. Yeah, I wanted to say that if you guys. So, creepy AF started out uh, as one thing and has sort of morphed into something else. And in that period of time when it went from its inception to sort of maturing, Ace sort of got the structure of the show kind of in a line, in a way that he likes, and it has this really cool opening, which I really like. But it sounds like, Ace, you're going to do some more tweaking on the show, and and I, I think I recall something about us doing something together at the Whaley House. Yeah, I just want to say that when we did first start... Um, 
if our very first episode was paranormal. So we were doing paranormal stuff from the beginning. It's just that um, after years of doing haunted attraction, horror stuff, we decided to separate it into two separate things. So it's like we got our Halloween horror section and we got our paranormal section. So that was the biggest difference is that we decided to kind of make the paranormal stuff its own thing. Yeah, you know, it's funny because when I started this show, Spirits and More Radio, if you guys listen to some of the first episodes, it's structured very differently. You know, it's, I, I like radio. That's why I, radio in the title there. So I, uh, I tried to, you know, make it sound like you're listening to a radio show with breaks for, the, for us to do stuff and, you know, talking for two hours sort of thing. I wanted to break it up. But there were shows that didn't follow that format. We ended up with storytelling shows. So we had it, you know, shows where we had someone with a nice, <clears throat> nice long story and we just sort of introduced them and let them tell a story. And then we had interview shows where we sort of interviewed and, and then we ended up with a uh, round table. Eric Ace and I did uh, Midsummer Scream 2019 and we did like a round table discussion and then as things sort of slowed down for this show, we came back and it was just easy to, to have that round table format. So we hope you guys like these shows uh, where we have more than me just interviewing someone, but uh, I like doing the interviews as well. So hopefully you enjoy the variety that we put out and, uh, but creepy AF what's that going to become like for people who don't know where to see it, where do they need to go, Ace? Well, we're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, Amazon Prime, YouTube, under the StarkoTube channel, um, and a couple other places if you look around. So the easiest thing to do is like hop on YouTube, search Creepy AF, and then they're going to find the channel, and they're going to find all the episodes. Yeah, and we also, I think we put everything under the Creepy AF hashtag, so most, if you look under the Creepy AF hashtag on YouTube, it's almost all of our stuff. I see. And <clears throat> we did celebrate, what, it was the second annual Creepy AF Halloween party? Yeah, what's, what's interesting is, uh, it must be from Eric, but how much people have told me they they know like what happened at the party last year and stuff and it's like it wasn't even that many people because it was 2020 um so i was like how did everyone hear about the stuff that was going on at the party <laughs> well when you have a chili pepper oh, challenge the, yeah, the, the, the hot wings challenge yeah yeah, I didn't. I didn't know that that would be, that, become so popular. Oh, that hits. Well, isn't there a whole TV show on that? Yeah, if you if you the the hot ones show, um, if you go on YouTube and look up hot ones and you see their numbers, it's probably like in the billions. It's incredibly popular. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's no surprise. People enjoyed that. Uh, if you go to the Instagram of Spirits and More Radio Spooks and Spirits, you can see Ace actually consume. Not one, not two, but four hot wings drenched in the hottest dab Apollo pepper sauce, which is, tell them what it is, Ace. Um, hot, hot Ones has a partnership with um, this guy named Pucker Butt. <laughs> <laughs> 
he uh he has a evil laboratory where he makes the spiciest peppers on earth he created the carolina reaper which was hotter than the ghost pepper which is the hottest natural occurring pepper in the world and then that wasn't good enough so he made a new frankenstein pepper called pepper x and the apollo hot sauce from hot ones is i guess the first uh and maybe only hot sauce that's made with pepper x the uh, guinness book of world records hottest um pepper in the world so uh it's been long tradition here that on halloween uh, when he says long tradition he means one year no i mean before the parties oh before the parties before the parties probably this is going on over a decade oh um, wow we, i didn't know that we would have spicy food and every year we we're trying to come up with something to up the ante a little bit and that's kind of when we got in oh let's just get the hottest hot sauce there is and put it on hot wings and this hot sauce when you read the label by no means does it say drench the chicken wing in this sauce it says Put a dab of it on. Just one tiny dab. Like a dot. Yeah, on the show, I mean, I'm not sure how they're cooked, but yeah, the, the, they put a, a little dab on it. Um, but I, I put it on with a paintbrush. Not even a basting brush. A real, honest-to-God, paintbrush. Not for special effect, not for grandeur, but just out of utility because you don't have a basting brush, do you? Admit it. I might have at some point, but I don't know where it is. So I bought a paintbrush kit to do some art, which doubled as the brush for the chicken wings. Uh, anyway, I was here. I witnessed this thing and uh, it's no joke, you guys. Now I am, if you don't know about this, there are people out there that are labeled super tasters and we cannot handle anything spicy and when i mean spicy i mean like mild taco bell sauce and people don't grasp that idea especially people who like to eat spicy stuff they're like ah oh, this isn't spicy here eat this steve and uh it feels like i'm blowing fire out like a dragon so uh i wanted no part of it people attempted people gave me even the chicken wing the naked chicken wing before it had any extra sauce only what comes from the grocery store that they put on it in the factory and i took one nibble and that was too much for me so i knew i'd made the right decision not to get close to anyone who even ate one of these things well, i want to say that this year we actually got five people to participate in in this challenge so um word is spread and the competition is growing even though it's not really competition it's just something we do for fun yeah well i can say this you know in the videos that we have of uh some of the contestants eating the, these chicken wings of death up from the bounds of hell um not only was it i think there are phases and maybe ace can get into this but just as an observer the chicken goes in the mouth and then the look in the eyes changes. And then the consumption of the chicken rapidly increases because they know that they've got to get through this. And, and then when it's over, see, the thing is when it's over, they start, you see the sweating, you see the blood pressure going up, the veins in the head pop out. They stop making any kind of sense if you try and talk to them. 
But what amazed me is that the aftermath seemed to be almost worse. You know, people were pacing in circles in the backyard saying that they will never do that again. So Ace, you lived it. Yeah. Walk us through what happens when that chicken touches that tongue. Oh, I just, I want to mention one other thing. Just one other thing. Um, there's another hot sauce on that show called The Bomb. And anybody who watches the show or has been on the show knows exactly what that is. It is um, technically in Scoville units, it's not the hottest hot sauce that there is. But there's a little secret ingredient in that one called capsaicin extract, which is borderline pepper spray. <laughs> and uh, on some of the wings, including one of mine and two other contestants, not only was there Apollo last dab, but there was also the bomb on those wings too. So it was like, instead of getting hit with one nuclear bomb, it was like getting hit with two nuclear bombs at the same time. And once you get hit by one, it doesn't matter if it's two, three, or four more, right? No, I think it probably matters. <laughs> yeah, so what happened? Rough. So how, what, what was it like when you, uh, when you put the chicken wing in your mouth? I mean, did, was there instant regret? Or what, where were you in your head? Well, I'm more just focused on the technique of trying to eat the wing as quickly as possible and, and not in, in getting as little as possible on my lips because for me, that's the most sensitive and hard part. Um, uh, I mean, if you want to talk strategy, the, the quicker you can eat them, the better. And no, it's not like you take one bite and you're like dying. It, it takes some time to build up. So it doesn't even hit you until after you're completely done with your wings. So it might be like 10 minutes later than it when the full force of those wings hit you. I didn't realize that because you look like it hit you while you were eating. I mean, you actually stopped after two mm -hmm. and you like walked across the room back and forth a couple of times, like just like a boxer does when they're getting hyped up, right? Like he was just back and forth pacing around real quick. Like he's trying to man through it. Well, what I you came back for the second two. What I realized is I was eating so fast that I was on, I was close to making myself puke, not from the heat, but from the speed at which I was eating. So I had to kind of slow it down. Oh, I see. Interesting. So, so, um, hmm. it's probably the same for those Nathan's hot dogs people. They probably might experience that too, but I did see you power down the second two and you guys can watch that video go on Instagram because you're going to love it. I, I was thoroughly entertained by this whole thing. So, um, next year, obviously going to happen again. Maybe we'll do it live. Well, one thing I'm considering doing, um, it's maybe finding a place to rent and having the party there so it can be bigger and more pe and more people. Um, I'm also looking into, I mean, the, the Wings Challenge is kind of one thing that we had going. Um, anything else you enjoyed at the party? Because we had a couple of different things. We went down to the Prism Haunted House, which was a neighbor. Um, I mean, not a direct neighbor, but in, in, the, in the same town. Um, what did you think of their haunt? That was really awesome. Um, so Prism Haunt... Uh here in Mission Viejo uh, was like a professional haunt. Um, 
it didn't even feel like you were in someone's house or in their yard or anything. I, I mean, there's no, no way to even describe, but, you know, dark pathways, chain link fences, stuff hanging down, good scare points, people jumping out at good spots. A unique theme kind yeah, of. Yeah, unique theme. It's like, uh, it's like a lab with, uh, you know, where something's escaped, a virus gone wrong, and uh, a mad doctor sort of doing experimentation, if I got that right. Something like that. And the cool thing is the doctor's lab, which is in the garage, looks like a lab. There's all these TVs and stuff. It's kind of sci-fi. But the coolest part is like the doctor's like, what are you guys doing in here? And he like calls on his creature creation and this thing runs full bore at the fence and jumps on it, screaming at you, acting insane and wild, untamed. And uh, that's scary. I like that. I like when, you know, you don't see that. It's funny because in haunted houses, you don't see that kind of interaction where they jump up. I guess I have seen it at places, but for some reason it just hit real good in this place. And uh, then we ran out of there and that was over. So it wasn't huge. But it was like, definitely I see why there was a line out there. And I understand that uh, it goes for like a whole week. It's a seven day, seven night thing. And people are very um, excited about it. So there's tons of traffic and a big long line. And people wait probably an hour or more for this thing. And so we just... We're really lucky on Halloween to go at the last minute. I think it's probably was a good call because people were doing other things, but there was traffic and cars pulling up and loads of kids getting out to go through this thing. It was awesome. Yeah, I timed that out with the owner. He told me to come down at the, that time would be best. Yeah. Um, another element that we had at the, at the Halloween party, which was kind of cool, it's really cool for me, but it might be annoying to some, was that we had trick-or-treaters coming throughout the night um, and we got to see some really uh, unique and f- cute and funny costumes that some of the little kids were wearing. I remember one kid came in as like an inflatable T-Rex and uh, he almost knocked over some of my decorations because he was out of control with that giant costume. <laughs> and then there was this one tiny... Was it, wait, was he out of control like, uh, like, like he couldn't control the costume or was he so excited to be a T-Rex? He was just like roaring and jumping around and swinging the tail yeah, around. Kind of and swinging the tail. Well, it, it was just big and bulky. And um, my, I kind of have like this haunted entryway that people have to kind of maneuver through. It's kind of narrow and you have to go around a hanging corpse that spins around and screams. And then you have to walk in between these two animatronic pumpkins and stuff like that. So... He, he narrowly knocked down a couple of the animatronics. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. Another thing you did that, uh, it's a subtle it's a subtle thing, but I, I totally appreciated it, uh, was that we watched uh, a horror movie on VHS. And I know there's going to be lots of listeners out there. What is VHS? It's the old video cassette thingies that your parents grew up with. But uh, the cool thing about that was, you know, you put a, it's funny how nostalgic we get about the crappiest part of a VHS cassette video cassette is that over time they get a little bit grainy in the front end when they start. And there's a thing called tracking and you have to adjust this little knob to get the video head to line up on the tape and not show this snow and noise. And so 
uh, Ace's missing that you know when you get the dvds like aces movie silent retreat on dvd there's no tracking that you have to do i'm surprised you didn't actually put some fake tracking noise in the beginning of your film <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> didn't just, think about it did it's you it's weird because when i made the movie i never really intended it to have any type of 80s vibe it's just i guess an influence from those type of films yeah um but at some point i did talk to one company and I'm not in a rush to do it, but I think at some point I'll probably put the film on a limited VHS run. That would be really cool. Yeah, especially if you look at the, this cover right here. It's kind of very um, 80s. Yeah, and if you guys look at my look at the Instagram, it's the it's the poster on the wall behind Pumpkin Man, who's still evilly looking at me. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, so that was a cool thing, man. That was a cool thing to watch that. I like that. That was really fun. Um, I could see this being a bigger party, you know, like organizing that. I'm curious how many of the creepy AF fan base and, you know, the Spirits and More radio fan base and Eric's fan base would be interested in maybe participating, you know, like buying a little ticket to come out and, you know, like we could do a show, we could put some stuff together, a little tiny haunt in uh southern california so i think we could do that but we'd probably need to get a separate location yeah oh no i'm not talking about like your, too much not talking about your house no. but i was curious as because we had the uh you know we watched child's play 2 on vhs which was original vhs tape is 30 years old and we actually had problems trying to get the tape to play in the beginning because it was so old and worn but when you buy an old vhs it has that character. It has some distortions and and some of those VHS artifacts, which gives it a lot of character, which is fun for a party. Yeah, I've got an idea. Okay, why don't we do a movie before the VHS movie on film, and we'll get all that film noise, which is like for people even a little bit older than us. Cool. Um, well, it can be done. That's like kind of, sixteen, that's kind of sixteen like, that's millimeter, kind of like an age thing. That film kind of that well, sometimes there's there's grain and and um, what do you call them artifacts and things on on the film stock itself. But the movies today that are shot on film, it doesn't really have that stuff, or it can be digitally removed in post production. Right. Yeah. I was thinking more of this whole vintage thing. How you did the you know you had a old old horror movie. How cool would that be to find? An but old I horror need, movie. I would need a different projector for that, though. That's the only. Oh thing. yeah. Well, whoever has that film is going to have a projector. Well, the, like some theaters, they have old. They have actual film projectors. Yeah. 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 Sure. Hey, that would be a cool spot to do the party in one of those old vintage theaters that has. There's, where, you know, where I live in San Diego, we've got a couple of them still around. Where you know, they're just one big auditorium. Yeah, <laughs> and, I know. Uh, I know a theater we could actually do it. Um, it would be hard to get that approved just because they already have a lot of whole Halloweens. They do a lot of stuff for Halloween. So yeah. it'd be like, we'd have to find one that's not doing anything for Halloween. Okay. Not do it on Halloween. Yeah. Like the week before Halloween. Yeah. Well, as far as the party, like, was there anything else you liked about it? Cause I tried to have a couple different things for the guests to do. Yeah. Um, and also looking for new ideas. Well, one of the things that uh, we were going to do is uh, play that Psycho Killer game that we, we did. Did we play that? I don't remember <laughs> the end of the night. Which is key to the whole statement, Ace does not remember the end of the night. <laughs> so what happened is, uh, oh, I know, I did some magic. 
Oh, okay. I think that's when I started the blackout. That's so. Ace blacked out as soon as I did the magic. I even, he was participating, and I had to get his attention back from his phone multiple times. Maybe I didn't black out. Maybe you hypnotized me. That was your trick. Actually, I heard a rumor about you and magic. But uh, <laughs> anyway, so I did a few magic illusions. Uh, and then we were going to do the game, but, you know, with the consumption of beverages and people's attention and focus, it, it was getting late. So uh, I had to go. But um, that's, that's what I recall, yeah, man. Another, Is there something I'm missing? Fun thing. We, but we did do a, a whole night of that. So yeah, yeah that yeah. was fun. But what, am I missing something? No, I was just wondering, and then I'm always looking for ideas, like maybe add something for next year. Like bobbing for apples? <laughs> Stuff like that. I remember one time we did a Halloween party, and uh, a friend brought, or I was a former roommate, he brought like this tub. I'm like, what are you doing? What are you doing with the tub? He's like, for people to bob for apples, and nobody bobbed for apples. Uh, there's a party where people were bobbing for adult toys. Uh, this guy I know runs a bar in Vegas, real popular. And he did a Halloween party, and and that was a very adult party. But um, yeah, my my party's mostly kid friendly because we have yeah. so many kids that come by. But yes. later at night, it gets a little, and once the wings kick in, it gets a little crazier. Yeah, people lose their mind. <laughs> Sanity. That's Sanity cool. Sense. Well, if you know what, if twenty, if Halloween twenty twenty two is going to be something going on to do with that, we need to get working on it. Got to start planning now. So, if you guys have any interest, if you're hearing this show, uh, and maybe Ace, you can maybe you can echo this show out on um, one of your channels and put some video loops or something going so people can hear this. Like maybe we could do a video like with the audio visualization, something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. So that uh, everyone on Creepy AF can vote or send in or whatever. You do, you do those polls on Instagram. We could yeah, do some we polls. Can, we can get some ideas. And see if people want to come out do. and spend Halloween with us and, and we can plan some, if you're going to spend Halloween with us and we know you're going to spend Halloween with us, we're going to plan some really extremely cool things because, uh, we love Halloween. And, and if there are people who are going to come to the Halloween party, I put on some Halloween parties in my day with, uh, for instance, like a pepper's ghost, a ghost that appears in the mirror in the bathroom. When you're going to the bathroom, uh, I set up, a a creepy mirror that something appears and talks to you and things like that, which was cool. Uh, we've had spiders that fly down out of nowhere at the party. Uh, so we're, we're, um, we would love to do a Halloween party and have it, have everyone listening attend. Oh, so. we had, we had fog. We didn't mention the fog. Of course we had fog. <laughs> I know, but we had so much fog. It we had, looked, we had so much fog that you couldn't it, even see. I, I was walking through the house with a flashlight at one point. Yeah, you don't. Flashlights just make it worse. It was actually blocking the projector. Yeah, so uh, that's one thing we learned is to don't put a giant, <laughs> a giant fog machine in your uh, projection room. So yeah, or, I'll probably have the fog next year, but I got to find a better place to put it. That's cool. Well, we're almost time out of time for this show because I try to keep these at one hour. Uh, so I hope you guys lis like listening. Um, I'm going to play a song. So I discovered something, and this has nothing to do with Halloween. But if any of you guys are 21 Pilots fans, and if you're not, this was a cool thing I found on YouTube. Uh, all my kids are 21 Pilots fans, and I've been to their show. I've been to the show right before COVID, 2019. Yeah, October 2019. So um, anyway, um, 
the lead singer of that band did a sort of unplugged it wasn't really unplugged it was like a stripped down version of some of his songs and uh he changed them up and some of them were just sort of acoustic on the piano super cool and i really loved it and i've watched it i like making music so um you know i was really excited to see someone perform live with like a sampler and a looper with live piano and keyboard and it's just him you know so he records the parts right in front of you and he sings and he's got three different microphones that have different special effects and stuff so i want to end the show with that and uh even though technically we can't do this i'm told hopefully he'll hopefully tyler the lead singer will this appreciate is a it. question for our legal expert yeah, see, we need that attorney. But uh, I'm just going to go with the fact that we're super fans and that Tyler would just be cool with us being so excited about his show. So here it is. And you can check out the rest of it on YouTube because it's really killer. Uh, this is a version of Cut My Lip. And it's totally different from the one that's on the actual album Trench, I believe. So anyway, thanks for listening, you guys. Uh, this is our post-Halloween show. And uh, I'm a little bit more cheerful now that we we have done this and we got this out of our system because i was just in a rut and i'm like eh, christmas tree you know thanksgiving turkey uh, so uh all right you guys we'll talk to you next time hey make sure if you want to come to something next year that you give us our feedback because we do want to get working on it and make it the most epic halloween party you've ever been to
mind at all Lean on my pride Lean on my pride I'm a lion I don't mind at all Lean on my pride Lean on my pride I'm a lion I don't mind at all Lean on my pride Lean on my pride I'm a lion I don't mind at all Lean on my pride Lean on my pride I'll keep on trying at spooksandspirits.com